everybody. This is Rick Thomas, and we're doing Life Over Coffee. I had someone write in, and they asked a question about aging parents who are no longer walking with God. In just a few moments, I want to share with you what they actually wrote to me, and then that will be what I want to share with you today because it has application for all of us. And so I've titled this, When Aging Parents No Longer Walk With God. And again, I will share with you what the person uh, wrote in and asked in just a moment. Our mission statement is, we exist to bring hope and help for you and others by creating resources that spark conversations for transformation. And so that is what Life Over Coffee is about. We exist to do two things, to bring hope and help, to bring it for you, and then also to bring it for other people. And we do that by creating resources that spark conversation for transformation. And so you can benefit from these resources that we create. You can receive hope and help from them. And then of course, you can share these with your friends, and I trust that what we're doing here will spark conversations for transformation. And so we exist to bring hope and help for you and others by creating resources that spark conversation for transformation. And so I want to share with you what the lady wrote, and again, I titled this, When Aging Parents No Longer Walk With God. And so we had someone come to our ministry. And again, by the way, uh, if you don't know this, if you have something that you want me to uh, work up a podcast for, like what uh, this person has done, I will be glad to do that for you. I mean, if it has this universal application, like what she's asking me. And so all you have to do is you have just go to the footer of our website and hit the, the, the contact us link, the support link, and then you can uh, fill out the form and you can send uh, whatever it is that you would like for me to work up an episode for. And again, if it does work as far as universal application, I would love to uh, do that uh, for you. Now, before I get into what uh, she wrote, I do want to let you know we are shutting down this Wednesday. And so Rick Thomas, .net will officially go off the grid forever uh, this coming Wednesday. We started the ministry on July the 3rd, 2008. It's been rickthomas.net for a long time and for reasons that I'll not explain in this episode. I've, I've shared it in other places. Uh, we knew that our ministry, uh, because it has grown and my name doesn't really mean anything, it doesn't make sense as far as who we are and what we do. And so we have built a new home. And so this Wednesday, rickthomas.net will go off the grid. We're going to turn the lights out. We have the U-Haul truck backed up to the door. And we need several days to move all of our furniture over to our new home, lifeovercoffee.com. And so there is going to be radio silence for a few days as we shut down this website, move all of our resources over to lifeover.com, and then uh, hit the power button, turn the lights on, and then we'll be back in business. But it will be lifeovercoffee.com. And that's why I was taking a little bit 
of time at the top of this to, of this episode to share with you our newly reconfigured, uh, restated mission statement, because that is our Life Over Coffee mission statement. We exist to bring hope and help for you and others by creating resources that spark conversation for transformation. And so we will go off the grid for a few days, and then the next time you see us, and I I hope it's only a couple days, but uh, we'll see how fast we can get everything moved over and and get the lights turned on, and then we'll be back at lifeovercoffee.com. Okay, so I titled this When Aging Parents No Longer Walk With God, and I had someone write in, and they laid out their story. Now, I want you to know that I've edited this story. I've took out some personal information so that it won't point to anyone, and so I flattened it out. I haven't changed the story at all. I mean, so this is what she's asking. The story is true. I just edited out some uh, specific biographical information and even the gender, and I'm not even sharing uh, which uh, parent are we talking about? Is it the husband's parent uh, uh, or dad, or is it the uh, wife's dad? And so I flatten it out. And I'm saying that to you so that if you do send something in, we will edit it. Uh, we'll take the liberty to edit it and flatten it out because I don't want to make it about a specific person. I am going to answer the question directly, clearly, practically, but again, it has been flattened out, and we will do that to you uh, as well if you send in something that you want me to work up. All right, so this is the edited version of what the lady asked. She said, I would love for you to do a video on how we as Christian adults can deal with our aging parents when they let us down and commit egregious sins. My husband and I have a parent who just left another wife for no reason other than he was tired of being married to her. We're having a hard time primarily because we have lost all respect for the dad. We have always thought he was a believer, but he quit going to church, and it shows no remorse for abandoning his wife. And so that is what she wrote in. And by the way, if you want to read these show notes, just go to episode 429. You can read the show notes. You can read these 10 or 11 things that I'm going to share with her and her husband. You can also listen to the podcast, and you can watch the video. And so I have about uh, 10 or 11 things that I want to share with you, and all of us will be at that place at some point in time. I trust that our parents will finish well, and they will love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. But I know that it's possible for some of these parents not to do that. Either they are never in the faith, or they They said they were in the faith, and they're walking away from the faith. Now, by the way, uh, I hope that we too finish well, and this is what Paul was saying to Timothy, that we want to finish strong, and and, uh, that this race that we are in, we we just want to finish it as robustly as possible, but sometimes things become quite complicated, and in this parent's, this husband and wife's life, They have a parent where things have become complicated, and they're trying to work through it. And so as you 
uh, ma'am, uh, lady, and husband, as you take these show notes, uh, episode 300 and what, what did I call it, 329, as you take these show notes, I, I want you to discuss these things with each other. And then depending on the age of your children, uh, all children are different, so you'll have to discern the appropriateness of the discussion. But I would love for you to be able to discuss as much as you possibly can uh, with your children, these talking points that you would consider them. And I trust that it will initiate some redemptive conversation uh, with all of you, and I pray that it will motivate you to be prayerful about your own lives because there's things that you have to guard against, but also for your dad as well because he needs your prayer. And of course, you're having a hard time respecting him, and so that creates a problem in your own life. It's hard to pray for someone that you're really struggling with. And so I trust, one, that this will create redemptive conversations for you all. Number two, it will move you toward prayerful spirits that you will want to pray for him out of a genuine heart of affection. And then number three, I pray that this will give you somewhat of a game plan as you make a path forward in so that you can interact with each other, so that you can interact with his ex-wives or separated wives, so that you can interact with him too. And so in no particular order, I want to share uh, 10, or so, 10 or so things with you. Number one, uh, no division. And I've titled each one of these with a, a one or two word uh, kind of descriptor, a label uh, to, to give it a heading, and then I'll walk through uh, what I have uh, uh, an explanation of uh, these labels that I've given. And so number one, I've titled it No Division. The problem in your extended family cannot divide your marriage and your children. It just can't. There, there can't be a hairline fracture in your marriage and then it, it, within your children and within the family di- dynamic. Stuff like this can't uh, do that for many reasons. I'll not go into those reasons. But if you sense division happening in the marriage and within the children, then you really need to stop and you need to assess the situation and maybe even get help uh, so that that unity can come back together. You absolutely have to be uh, in unity as you move forward in interacting with your dad. You have to be on the same uh, on the same page. What you don't want to do is to let his sin make its way into your hearts and lives. Now you've already said that it has. Or at least it's really pounding on the door of your hearts because you said that it is hard for you to respect him because of what he is doing. And that's why I want to start with that, that absolute, absolutely, that there can't be any division in your heart and in your lives and in your, your family, your immediate family. If sin 
pounds on your door of your heart, if it begins to uh, etch its way into any of the family members, you do have to act promptly and you have to walk out repentance because if sin uh, begins to take your thought and your mind's captive, uh, it can wreak a lot of havoc in your family. Uh, It can create a a backlog of problems and it can, uh, uh, you know, as they say, water under the bridge. And and I've seen people to where uh, they have years of unresolved conflict because of extended family members and the husband and the wife and the family dynamic aren't on the same page. The division does happen. And so the sin that is out here somewhere in a family member's uh, life in their heart. It comes into your family and it creates division. And so you don't want to be overprotective. You don't want to be over surveilling what's going on in your family, but you do want to take assessments uh, every now and then. And you want to be perceptive to the possibility that this can be uh, divisional within your home. And so, number one, absolutely, uh, there cannot be any division. Number two is guarded distance. Now, Jesus talked about it this way. Those who do the will of God should have more influence and relationship with you than those who don't do the will of God, even if those who don't do the will of God are your relatives. And so your spiritual family transcends a biological family. Relatives are not more important than your spiritual family. And this is the passage in John 12 uh, where they asked Jesus, who is your mother, who are your brothers? And Jesus said, those who do the will of God, they are my mother, they are my Brothers, and it's important for us to uh, nail this down. Now, I will I will talk a little bit later about that. Doesn't give us license to be rude uh, to people who are not doing the will of God. It doesn't give us license not to take care of and not to provide or not to do kind things or practical things for those who do not do the will of God, who may be related to us, but. If they are not doing the will of God, you have to have a guarded distance. There has to be some separation between you and them. Uh, I think about it often in our marriage relationship, Rick and Lucia, Lucia, my wife, is that nothing can come in and divide. Now, this is what I was saying in point number one. There can't be any division, and so the thing that just naturally flows out of no division is guarded distance, and so I don't care uh, who the individual is, even our own children, that if they are not doing the will of God, that if our children are manipulative and gaslighting and rude and unkind and and just angry and uh, retaliating and rebelling against God, even though that they are our children, we will have a guarded distance with them because they can't get in there and divide our covenantal, covenantal, covenantal relationship. 
by the way, I have a speech impediment, and so there are some words that I get stuck on, but we're just going to move on. The covenant relationship that I have uh, with my wife, even our children cannot divide that, and so I have a guarded distance against people who potentially could come in and disrupt the koinonia or the community that I have with my wife or disrupt the koinonia that we have with our children. And so those who do the will of God should have more influence and have a better relationship than those who don't, even if those who don't happen to be your relatives. Sometimes you will have to separate and create distance from those who reject God so they don't bring division into your autonomous domestic empire. And that is what your marriage is. It is a autonomous, freestanding, domestic, your home empire that you have governance over, and nobody can come in and divide and disrupt that. And again, the text of Scripture is John chapter 12, verses 46 through 50, who is my mother, who are my brothers. And so number one, no division. Number two, a guarded distance. Number three, a right attitude. You talked about when you wrote, you said that you're having a hard time respecting this man. I get it. I do. And I I think everybody gets it. Uh, We would all struggle similarly with respecting someone that we love, someone that we had an elevated, a normal expectation for, a person who presented themselves themselves as Christians, but now it seems like they're just throwing all of that to the wayside. Uh, That can be very, very disappointing. And so therefore, number three, you've got to have a right attitude. And so my appeal to you is to work hard at having an attitude of forgiveness for this aging parent. I'm not saying that you are forgiving him. You cannot transactionally forgive this person unless he comes to his senses, like in Luke 15, 17 with the prodigal son, where he is face planted in the hog lot, and he has come to that place where he wants to walk out active, practical repentance. And so he comes to you and he transacts forgiveness, which is part of the repentance process. He's not transacting forgiveness. He's not asking. However, you have to work beforehand by having it, to have an attitude of forgiveness toward him. Perhaps you can think about Joseph when he spent all of those years down in Egypt. His brothers were not asking for forgiveness, not during that span. But you can tell in, in 5020, I think it's fair to the text, by implication that Joseph had a heart of forgiveness for his brothers. He had an attitude of forgiveness before his brothers ever showed up. Sometimes it is necessary for us to get our our hearts in the right place, one, just in case they show up and ask for forgiveness, Two, they may never ask for forgiveness, but if we don't have an attitude of forgiveness toward them, uh, we can find ourselves being overcome by bitterness. And so regardless of what he does, whether he ever repents, 
whether he ever asks for forgiveness, you have to have an attitude of forgiveness toward him. Perhaps well, Joseph would be one illustration. You could also think about Jesus on the cross demonstrating a heart of forgiveness to irreconcilable people. I would also recommend that you spend some time studying the first nine verses of 1 Corinthians. Uh, the first nine verses is where you see heart, uh, Paul's heart attitude toward the Corinthians. He loved these people, and you can tell by how he talked about these people, but yet these people were rude, they were hateful, they were mean, they were angry, they were vindictive, they didn't care anything about the things of God. It was a mean-spirited group of people, but their evilness did not control or manage Paul's heart. They could not control Paul's heart. And you hear Paul's heart in the first nine verses of 1 Corinthians. And so I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians with that context that I just gave you in mind. It's like, whoa, these people are so mean. But listen to how Paul talks about them. Paul would be very similar to Joseph. He had an attitude of forgiveness even though they were not asking. Paul's attitude was like that of Christ when he was dying on the cross. Those people were not asking for forgiveness, but Christ had an attitude of forgiveness toward them. Therefore, that is the spirit, that is the attitude that you want. And so number three is a right attitude. Number four, watch your tongue. This will be one of the ways that you will know if you have a right attitude toward uh, this aging parent. Uh, our tongues, our lips reveal our hearts. Jesus talked about this in Luke 6.45, where he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so he is, he is tying a straight line from the lip to the heart. And so whatever the lips say is revealing the heart. And if your heart attitude is not right, it's going to come out of your mouth and it will spray all over people. And as we read in Hebrews 12, a root of bitterness will begin to spring up, and it will defile many. And so point number three is that you are going to have to fight to have a right attitude. And point number four, watch thy tongue. Now that means that you cannot gossip or slander your aging parent to anyone, especially your children. Your children are watching you uh, live out Christ in the crucible of a difficult situation. And so you want to be very careful, and that's why it's so important that uh, you have that right forgiving spirit, that attitudinal forgiveness toward a person who is not asking for transactional forgiveness. And so part of that right attitude, once you have it, uh, it will manage your tongue so you're not gossiping or slandering against uh, this aging parent who is uh, walking away from the faith if he ever was in the faith. And so one of the things that you need to get into the attitude of is, is to pity him. You pity him as a fellow image bearer. Uh, Paul was talking about this in Galatians 6.1. He said, if any person is caught, you restore them in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on yourself. 
in a sense, uh, your dad, this aging parent, is no different than you. He's no different uh, from me. Uh, All of us are susceptible to exactly what he is doing. Uh, It remains to be seen if we are going to finish strong. Uh, We may find that circumstances in our life have accumulated to the point to where uh, we too will be tempted to walk away from the faith. Peter did it. And uh, I, I, I'm not at that level, I don't think I'm at that level of, of maturity and, and being the Christian man that Peter was, but yet a person who spent so much time with Christ ended up walking away from the faith. And so as I think about uh, your dad, I trust that you will think in a similar fashion that, you know, it could be me. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 7, that we want to address the log in our eye as we go speck fishing, and there is a possibility that I could do the same thing because I am not better than he is, and so I want to guard against self-righteousness, and I want to pity him as a fellow image bearer. Uh, knowing that I too could do uh, the very thing uh, that he is doing or some version of it. So number four, uh, as you are, as you are uh, having the right attitude, which was number three, number four, you want to watch your tongue. Number five is mini-messiah, meaning don't become a mini-messiah. You may want your dad to love God and to love others more than he wants to love God and love others. And so don't become a mini-Messiah. We have a Messiah. His name is Jesus. Uh, You're not it, and neither am I. Uh, Your job is to water and plant, but you cannot grant repentance. That is God's job, as we read in 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25. Sometimes we can pull for people more than they are pulling for themselves. And so know your role. Stay in your lane, as we like to say. You will know if you're overworking the problem by how you think and by how you talk about him. I've done this many times in counseling where I've uh, slandered someone. I was angry with someone. My tongue revealed my heart. And so point number four was guard your tongue. Point number three was uh, guard your heart, basically. Have the right attitude. If I don't have the right attitude and I'm not guarding my tongue, it will come out uh, through some unkind words that I will say about them because they're not meeting my expectations. That means I am trying too hard. I am pulling too hard. I am oversteering the car. I have become the mini Messiah. I have crossed the line. I have forgot that my job is to water and plant and only God can create the increase. Only God can cause the growth. Only God can grant repentance. And sometimes we can want people to change more than they are willing to change, and thus we are trying harder than them. And so our attitudes will go sour. Our tongues will start gossiping or slandering. We will become the mini Messiah, and we can even start manipulating the situation, trying to force change on them through our harsh and unkind words. And so number five, don't be the mini Messiah. We have one, and he is very good. Number six, help the vulnerable. 
And I, I add this because uh, I would appeal to you if it's possible, and I don't know what the possibilities are. Uh, but the dad here has created like a, a tornado that has just, just rifled through uh, the Midwest from Texas through Oklahoma. And there is just debris everywhere, destruction everywhere he goes. Well, some of the people that have been destructed, uh, destroyed, hurt uh, by his sinful actions, the vulnerable, that's why I titled this number six, Help the Vulnerable, potentially connect with his ex-wife or ex-wives or the current person that he is separated from, hoping to bring the the hope and the help of the gospel to them. You see, they have experienced a poor representation of the gospel through this man, and you are experiencing a very similar thing. You said that in what you wrote, that he said he was a Christian, but he is acting this way. How could he be acting this way? How are we to respond to him? Well, there have been a number of women, wives and the current person that he's separated from, his current wife. They have experienced him in a different kind of way, in a similar kind of way. And so number six, maybe, if possible, uh, reach out to them and let them see who Jesus really is through your life because they have received at best a marred version of who Jesus is through his life. Number seven, now remember all of these things are listed in the show notes, and so you can read all of these at your leisure if you wish, if you go to episode 429. But number seven, no gaslighting. Don't let your sympathy for him give him license to manipulate you. Sometimes when we want change more than they want to change, we too can become vulnerable to the manipulations of this person who is unwilling to change. And so he could use your concern as a means to create double-mindedness in your own head where you're wafting, oscillating, wafting to and fro, sometimes uh, appropriating the wisdom of God and responding correctly, and then other times you're over in this other lane. You're double-minded and unstable in all of your ways, as James would talk about in, in James 1. And a person like this aging parent can manipulate the situation by gaslighting you. And you'll know if this is happening by the level of soul noise that you have going on inside of you. And so listen to the turmoil in your soul. And if there is amped up soul noise, then you are vulnerable to his manipulations, and it will be hard for you uh, to be able to respond appropriately to him. And so number seven, no gaslighting. Number eight, I titled Soul Consideration considering his soul. And so if you have the right attitude toward him, you're not slandering or gossiping about him, uh, you have a, uh, you're not vulnerable to his manipulations, and you're really in a good place to be redemptive in his life, then it would be good for you to just to think through what might be happening uh, to this man. I don't know, obviously. I, I don't know you. I don't know him. Don't know anything about the situation. I've seen it before, though, and that's why I was warning earlier that 
This could happen to any of us. This is not unusual, uh, by the way. Uh, you see other pictures of this, like people who've been married for 30 or 35 years, and then all of a sudden they're getting a divorce. It is so common. It's unbelievably common, and I'll not get into those reasons of why people would get a divorce at, at 35 years, but it happens all the time. And so it's not unusual for a person to, at a late stage in life to walk away from the faith. It could be that uh, they have no sin plan, and the accumulative effect of disappointments and, and sin in their life, it accrues so much and they don't have a sin plan. They don't have a way of respond. They don't know how to respond to sin. I find many Christians do not know what to do with the accumulative effect of sin in their life. So it just accrues like a hoarder. And then one day they just wake up and they look at the garage and it's like it's just slammed full. The house is slammed full. Where did all this stuff come from? They had no plan. It just slowly, incrementally leached in and and it's accumulated to such an effect now it feels overwhelming and they just give up. Uh, we do that with our eating habits as we get older. The battle is hard for our health. The battle is hard for our spirituality. And some people just give in and just eat whatever they want to. And, and they begin to fall away from good health or fall away from spirituality. Maybe he is a Christian and that this has been the effect of his life. Maybe he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. I, I don't know. I do have an article here that I would love for you to read. Uh, it is in the show notes here in episode 429. The title of it is, I Met a Christian Who uh, Refused to Repent of His Sin, or I Met a Christian Who Walked Away from His Faith, something like that. But you can see it in the show notes of episode 429. And I would encourage you to read it. But this, this one thing I know, that if you or me or if he, if any of us walk away from God, then the displeasure of God is going to rain down on his life in proportion to him pressing the truth of God out of his life. Whether he's a Christian or not, I don't know. But what I do know, he knows the truth and he's pushing the truth out of his life. And so read Romans chapter 1, verse number 18. And this is where Paul talked about the wrath of God coming down from heaven on any person who presses the truth out of his life. And so as you, point number eight, soul consideration, I have titled it. So as you consider his soul, whether he's saved or not, will be hard to determine. But this one thing is true. If he keeps pressing the truth of God out of his life, the pressure of God is going to come down. And I don't see that as a bad thing. Uh, perhaps God will continue to rain down his wrath on him until it drives him to a place of repentance. Number nine, evangelize him. Your dad's actions will determine the kind of relationship you all could have with him. If he loved God, it would mean one thing, but apparently he does not love God, so it means something else. And so you have to adjust accordingly. 
this is who he is. And so his actions are determining how you are going to relate to him. And in this case, based on his actions, I would say that you would treat him somewhat like you would treat an unbeliever. You would pity him. Uh, You'd have a heart attitude of forgiveness toward him. You wouldn't gossip or slander. Uh, You would want him to know Jesus, and so you would evangelize him. What you don't want to do is to let sentimentality, old notions of how you knew him, clutter your mind with how he really is or how you wish things were. You, You don't want those things to influence the reality of the kind of individual that he is today. Uh, You will know him by his fruit, and so react to him according to his fruit. And so I titled point number nine, Evangelize Him. And then number ten, it looks like I have just ten points. Uh, I titled this one, Community Support. Without gossiping, you want to talk to a, a trusted mentor to walk with you through this trial, no matter how long it may take. That person could be your pastor, could be a small group leader, it could be another competent Christian who knows you, knows the situation. It's important number 10, you want to embrace community support. You want to embrace body-to-body ministry. It's okay to reach out to us, and I'm glad that you have, uh, but you want to do that closer to home and on site. And so this is episode 429, When Aging Parents No Longer Walk With God. I've given you 10 things I would love for you to read, episode 429, and you can read all 10 of these things at a slower pace and have these conversations with uh, your spouse, your children, and potentially with a a mentor, like, say, in your local church. A couple follow-up thoughts. Uh, Number one, if you want to discuss this with us, then I need for you to visit our website uh, because we don't do correspondence through social media. We don't have the human resources to do that. Uh, We get a lot of questions that come in through social media. I'm not even on social media. Our ministry is, and some people think they can talk to me uh, out there. I I can't. I would would end up losing my family if I spent spent my day on social media because it would just be all-consuming. I mean, any given week, we're reaching 100,000-plus people, and so we get a lot of requests. And so uh, don't, don't talk to us through social media if what you want to talk about is important. If it's important to you, then I need for you to come to our website because I don't want you to fall through the cracks. And so if you want to discuss this further uh, you would, with us, you would need to come to our ministry website. Number two, I do have three articles in the show notes of 429. And I would love for you to, it's in the you want to read section at the top of the show notes. And I would encourage you to read them. I referenced one about a Christian who walked away from the faith, you'll also find several embedded links inside these show notes, and there's a wealth of material here. And so if you want to take the time, then uh, please take the time and click on all the embedded links plus the three articles at the top. Number three, uh, search our website for additional resources. They're all free, and so it's a buffet. And so come to our website, uh, use the search feature, 
and uh, you'll find tons of resources. Number four, pray for your dad daily. Pray for your dad around meals. Pray for your dad in front of the children. Pray for your dad whenever God brings him to mind because you want to continue to work on your attitude, resisting division, resisting slander, and all the things that I mentioned. The more you pray for him and the more you pray for yourself, the more effective you will be in cooperating with God concerning what needs to happen to him. And then finally, I have uh, two books. I think I have one of them here that I would encourage you uh, to get. This one's called Change Me. Uh, it is the change process. It will be beneficial for you if you ever got the opportunity to uh, come alongside your dad. It would be super beneficial for him, so I would encourage you to go to Amazon to get it. And then the other one I don't have in front of me here, but it's Suffering Well. Uh, it's an autobiographical book of, of me uh, going through the book of Job uh, many years ago, 30 years ago, 30 plus, and I would encourage you to uh, get both of those books, Change Me and Suffering Well. They will be a huge benefit to you and your family and potentially uh, to this wayward dad also. And so if we can help you fur uh, further, please come to our ministry and let us know. Uh, this is episode 429, and again, it's titled, When Aging Parents No Longer Walk With God. I am responding to someone who wrote in and asked uh, the question, if you have something that you want me to interact with similar to this, uh, just go to the footer of our website and ask. Don't ask on social media because we might not see it, and we want to care for you, and it is possible that you could fall through the cracks, and that would not be good. And so come to our website and ask your question, and uh, if it's something that is applicable to all, uh, I would love to do this and serve you that way. Thank you so much, and may God bless. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.